0: This is broadcast producer Desi Doyan. We're off this week, so please enjoy this encore presentation from October 25th.
1: Seawalls and other barriers are the best protection against high tides right now. Climate scientists say the ocean has risen by nearly a foot in I.B. over the past century, but it could rise by several feet before this century is done.
2: And who knows how far it's going to rise before this storm is done. i scared in case I fall off my chair. And I'm wondering I'll get down the stairs. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am
3: stuck in the middle with you.
2: I am. From Pacifica Radio in Los Angeles, this is the broadcast. As heard on KPFK 90.7 FM in L.A., 98.7 in Santa Barbara, 93.7 in San Diego, and FM in Ridgecrest and China Lake. Also in California, in Red Bluff and Redding, on KFOI, Round Mountains KKRN and Eureka's KGOE, up in Oregon on the Central Coast on KYAQ, Cottage Grove's KSO, Eugene's KEPW, Lancaster, Pennsylvania's WLRI, Maui, Hawaii's KAKU, Columbus, Ohio's WGRN, Palinville, New York's WLPP, Rochester, New York, WRFZ, down in New Orleans on WHIV, out in Gallup, New Mexico on KNIZ, Concord, New Hampshire's WNHN, Fayetteville, Arkansas's KPSQ, Seattle's KODX, Janesville, Wisconsin's WADR, and Minneapolis, St. Paul's AM950, KTNF. We also stream coast-to-coast and around the globe every day on the internets on the Progressive Voices channel. Netroots Radio, Radio for Humans, FYI Nation, NicoleSandler.com, Radio Free Brooklyn, Workforce Rising, No Lies Radio, Verdant Square Radio, and Detour Talk, Blanketing Planet Earth five days a week. I'm Brad Friedman, your friendly investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker. And all-around swell fellow says me from bradblog.com. Thank you very much for joining us today. And my thanks very quickly to, uh, speaking of Nicole Sandler, thanks for filling in for us on Friday, Nicole, on our broadcast on Friday. And, by the way, sharing with us her great interview with Anita Hill. Yes, that Anita Hill. You can download uh, Friday's broadcast, of course, for free at bradblog.com. Uh, Also, uh, we may get some of your calls today if the uh, radio gods are with us, particularly your thoughts on uh, whether the Biden Build Back Better agenda is now, uh, which is, you know, at this as the sausage making continues right now, even as Senators Joe Manchin and Kirsten Sinema continue to hold up the entire measure for some reason. uh, Why? Why are they doing that? Whose fault is all of this? Well, we may have time some time, to discuss that. And if you'd like to ring in on that at 818-985-5735, you are welcome to do so if you want to queue up right now. But in not unrelated news, as usual, when it comes to our worsening climate crisis, the good news these days uh, seems to come with the bad all at the same time, Desi Doyen. I know everything all at once, especially when it comes to climate over the weekend. Hi, Des. uh, Over the weekend, uh, what is is being described as the strongest storm to ever hit the West Coast, slammed onshore here, packing strong winds, record rainfall and heavy Sierra snow. That's actually good. For the mega drought stricken state of California and will certainly help dampen what has been a seemingly unending and deadly wildfire season up and down the state this year. But it's also bad news for areas that have faced major burns and where because of them there is now the fresh possibility of deadly mudslides. Matter of fact, we were sort of dodging boulders on the way over to the station today. Meanwhile, on the East Coast, tens of millions braced on Monday for the season's first nor'easter in areas in areas that are still recovering from storms over the summer, like Hurricane Ida. In total, more than 90 million Americans will experience dangerous weather in the form of high winds, flooding, rainfall or severe thunderstorms through Wednesday. Over the weekend in California, barometric pressure dropped so severely and so quickly with the incoming atmospheric river of a storm that it was equivalent to the central pressure that you would see with a strong hurricane. And in fact, Mammoth Mountain in California here clocked 111 miles per hour wind gusts. Yeah, just like a hurricane. As the storm system roared into the region, it dropped more than four inches of rain in downtown San Francisco, made that the wettest October day on record. Sacramento, it was even worse in the state's capital. Sacramento picked up almost five and a half inches of rain on Sunday alone, making it their wettest day in history. Making all of this even more remarkable is the fact that this came on the heels of a record dry streak of Two hundred and twelve days in a row with no measurable rain.
0: Yes, it is an astonishing weather whiplash, yep. and this is something that uh, climate scientists have predicted. They predicted decades ago that we would start to see these swings from drought to flood. Um, that, and they project that they're going to occur much more frequently and intensely as man-made global warming heats up the planet.
2: Well, uh, enjoy the ride on the swing, because that seems to be where we are. This example of drought to deluge uh, is also known as precipitation volatility. It's exactly, as you say, what scientists have predicted and what has been expected uh, to occur more frequently now here in California with climate change, where a moisture-loaded Pacific storm system brings a brief period of record rainfall in the middle of an extreme drought, all exacerbated by record high temperatures. By Monday morning, millions of Californians were under both flood and wind alerts. Additional rainfall totals will be 3 to 4 inches by the time the storm moves out of the region on Tuesday, with 2 to 3 feet of fresh snow blanketing the Sierra. Uh, If if there was any good news that came out of the powerful western storm, it's that the Dixie Fire is now finally 100 percent contained. That has been raging for weeks, and Lake Oroville rose nearly 10 feet uh, due to the rainfall. This summer, the Dixie Fire had become the second largest fire in California history. It was eclipsed only by the August Complex Fire... Last year. At the same time, Lake Oroville reached an all-time low, shutting down the power plant there for the first time in history. Well, now it's back up. Hopefully the power plant is back up with it. Welcome to our climate changed future where folks on the other side of the country as we go to air are also bracing for severe weather, including thunderstorms in the mid-Atlantic region, while the Northeast and New England braced for the first formidable early nor'easter of the season. Sunday night into Monday morning, the storm heading toward the mid-Atlantic spawned several likely late-season tornadoes across parts of Missouri and Illinois. Yes, the middle of the country is not spared. Radar imagery and damage reports indicate a tornado that struck Madison County, Missouri may have been a strong EF3 tornado or larger. On Monday, 31 million people were under flood alerts across the northeast and New England, including New York City and Boston. Six million people were under wind alerts across Long Island and southern New England, including Boston and Providence, Rhode Island. And in the middle of the country, 8 million people are at the risk of severe storms on Tuesday across the central and southern plains, including hail as big as softballs as the main risk, followed followed by damaging winds in excess of 70 miles per hour and isolated tornadoes. Other than that, everything's going great. Oh, yeah, the Gulf Coast, they will not be spared either on Wednesday This storm system uh, will shift, bringing the risk for severe storms uh, to the Gulf Coast, threatening some 12 million people there in the metro areas of Houston, New Orleans, Baton Rouge, Louisiana and Mobile, Mobile, Alabama, all of which have uh, are, are still wrestling with recovery from storms over the summer. This is likely to be our new normal for a while. If. We are lucky, that is. It is likely to get much worse. Greenhouse gas concentrations hit a new record high last year. Yes, amid the pandemic and increased at a faster rate than the annual average for the last decade. That despite a temporary reduction during the pandemic lockdowns, according to a report by the World Meteorological Organization on Monday. The news comes as the U.N., Uh, The United Nations Climate Office warned that the world remains off target for meeting its goal of cutting emissions as part of the international efforts to curb global warming under the Paris Climate Accord. And as we also reported on a Green News report last week, another study finds that one quarter of all critical U.S. infrastructure is at risk of failure, becoming completely inoperable. Thanks to flooding alone, one quarter of critical U.S. infrastructure. See, nothing but good news today. These announcements come just days before the start of a key U.N. climate change conference in Glasgow, Scotland, known as COP26 for Conference of Parties, that's COP, where uh, many environmental activists, policymakers, scientists say the two-week event marks an important and even critical opportunity for concrete commitments to the targets that are set out by the 2015 Paris Climate Treaty. But the conference does not get underway with good news. The World Meteorological Organization's secretary general described his agency's annual report on heat-trapping gases in the atmosphere as, quote, a stark scientific message for climate change negotiators, warning that at the current rate of increase in greenhouse gas concentrations, we will see a temperature increase by the end of this century, far in excess of the Paris Agreement targets of 1.5 to 2 degrees Celsius above pre-industrial levels. We are in trouble, despite efforts by nations across the globe. Uh, Emissions in 2030 are currently projected to be 16% higher than in 2010, based on the formal pledges that we have so far. We are going in the wrong direction. uh, Human-incurred carbon dioxide emissions, which result mostly from burning fossil fuels like oil and gas, amount to about two-thirds of the warming effect on the climate and both the increase in extreme weather that much of the U.S. is experiencing this week not to mention sea level rise threatening coastal communities around the nation and the world. But while nations are failing to take the action that is needed, according to scientists, to confront this worsening emergency, some are focused on holding those responsible for it, like the oil and gas companies, accountable for the damage which they knew about decades ago but spent millions colluding with each other And with pretend AstroTurf activist organizations pretending to lie about, to to hide the truth from the public and to lie about the dangers that we are all now grappling with, all of us. We have reported over the years on public officials who are fighting back against big oil, attempting to hold them accountable for their fraudulent lies about the climate and the ever-increasing costs that uh, they are now incurring because of those lies by bringing lawsuits in state and federal courts against the fossil fuel industry. It should come as no surprise that those big oil companies are using their billions in profits now to fight back against those who are challenging them in both uh, big states and small towns, all of which are bearing the brunt of the cost for the industry's decades-long fraud." In an unusual move in 2016, for example, Exxon was able to persuade a Texas judge to order the attorney general of Massachusetts, Maura Healey, to travel to Dallas to be deposed about her motives for investigating the company for alleged fraud for suppressing evidence on climate change. The judge also ordered the uh, uh, New York's attorney general at the time, Eric Schneiderman, to be, quote, available in Dallas on the same day in case Exxon wanted to question him about a similar investigation going on in New York State. Healy at the time accused Exxon of trying to, quote, squash the prerogative of state attorneys general to do their jobs. Happily, the judge ended up reversing the deposition order a month or so later, and Healy filed a lawsuit against the company in 2019 that is still awaiting trial. But similar tactics persuaded the U.S. Virgin Islands Attorney General to shut down his investigation of the oil giant completely. And it's not just large jurisdictions like Massachusetts and New York or even the U.S. Virgin Islands that are taking on ExxonMobil and other major oil companies for the damage that the use of their product and their lies about it has now caused. Towns like Imperial Beach, California... A small working class city on the California coast, south of San Diego, bordering Mexico. Towns like Imperial Beach or IB, as many people call it, are already facing direct burdens from sea level rise. The town's longtime mayor, Serge Dadina, is also a surfer and an environmentalist who is now taking on the fossil fuel industry on behalf of his city, which has an annual budget, by the way, of 20 million dollars. It's a small town. That's just a few million dollars more than Exxon's chief executive officer was paid last year alone. Even as the Dina's minority majority community of about 27,000 people cannot begin to afford the tens of millions of dollars that it's now going to cost to keep the waters at bay that are bordering three sides of his financially strapped city. One assessment calculated that without expensive mitigation procedures in Imperial Beach, rising sea levels will eventually swamp some of the city's neighborhoods, will routinely flood its two schools, overwhelm its drainage system. The worst of recent storms have turned Imperial Beach into an island, according to The Guardian. Imperial Beach Beach has sued Exxon and other oil giants, alleging that they committed fraud by covering up research showing that burning fossil fuels destroys the environment. The industry then lied about the evidence for climate change for decades, deliberately delaying efforts to curb carbon emissions until here we are now. The lawsuit from Imperial Beach demands that ExxonMobil, Chevron, BP, and more than 30 other fossil fuel companies pay the huge costs of defending the city from rising seas caused by the climate crisis. The city's lawsuit was among the first of a wave of litigation filed by two dozen municipalities and states across the U.S. that could cost the fossil fuel industry billions of dollars in compensation for their environmental devastation and deception, but they are not taking it lying down, charging that the mayor, Mayor Dedeena himself, is at the heart of a conspiracy colluding with other municipalities to shake down big oil as part of an extortion plot for hundreds of millions of dollars. So what evidence uh, does ExxonMobil have for all of this? Well, somehow they were actually able to get a look at Mayor Dadina's phone and his computer. What did they find on that phone? Well, let's find out. I'm joined now by alleged conspirator Mayor uh, Serge uh, Dedina of Imperial Beach, where he has served since 2014. He's also the co-founder and executive director of Wild Coast, an international nonprofit ocean conservation organization. He's the author of several books on ocean conservation. Mayor Dedina also served as the founding director of the Nature Conservancy's Baja California Sea of Cortez program and has received many awards. For his work from environmental and yes, surfing industry groups, uh, sounds sounds like a pretty terrible guy. I hope Exxon Mobil holds him accountable for all of this. Uh, Mayor Serge Didina, welcome to the broadcast, sir. Hey Brad, great to, uh,
4: great to hear from you. And you know, we've gone from the drought to. Uh... A bomb cyclone, right? So it's starting
3: it's,
2: it's to rain here. Uh, uh, a bomb cycle? Your your phone's a little muddy there, but uh, that's what we got. All right. Uh, yeah, we got a bomb cyclone now going on here in California. So uh, before we get to the attacks from uh, ExxonMobil and friends on you, Mr. Mayor, uh, tell me about the challenges that Imperial Beach is now facing thanks to sea level rise and. Uh, and how it's worsened since your time as mayor began in, I think, 2014. And I know you've been a resident for decades of Imperial Beach, according to your Twitter profile. What are you guys having to deal with right now?
4: Yeah, so, you know, during the winter, during these uh, king tide flooding events, we're seeing more flooding than we've ever seen before, especially um, just in routine king King tides with some above-average surf. And so, you know, it's causing flooding along, along our seacoast, It's called Seacoast Drive, and it's causing us, you know, to have to spend tens of thousands of dollars every winter to clean it up. Mm.
2: And, and I know that uh, there have been studies that uh, flooding will hit about 40 percent of the city's roads. Is it getting, are you seeing it getting worse, or is it sort of uh, staying where it's been for the period that you've been the mayor there?
4: No, it's actually getting worse. So, you know, during El Nino, uh, from in 20, like 2014, 2015, we had thermal expansion, so the ocean was a bit higher. So we saw type of coastal flooding we've never seen before. But in 2019, we had, was kind of like the conditions we're seeing now. what's called a bomb cyclone off the coast of California. It was like a hurricane. The surf looked like a tropical hurricane. We had king tides. And, and when the government, which the federal government, was shut down, because there were all kinds of, you know, stuff going on with the Trump administration and Congress, we had massive coastal flooding that the Scripps Institution of Oceanography is actually can predict now off our beach. We have a buoy to help us predict it, but it caused all kinds of damage to federal government property on a, a federally protected estuary mm. that the city had to clean up. So it's causing all kinds of damage for everybody. And of course, small cities like ours have no money. We just developed our own parks and rec program. We don't have a swimming pool. We don't have a gym for residents. We don't have a senior center. Mm. You barely have a human lifeguard program. We, all that money that we don't have, we have to spend to clean up for the federal government when they were shut down. So it's a huge problem, and it's only going to get worse.
2: And, and what are you claiming that the big oil companies have done here? How are they, how are they accountable as you see it? Why should they pay your town uh, for whatever is going on here?
4: There's a whole uh, area of science called uh, climate attribution science Some really great scholars. Um, all over the world are actually going back and looking at, at the emissions from these, the climate industry. And they in all these documents that show that the, you know, the fossil fuel industry knew about climate change. They knew they would have to prepare for it. Then they decided to switch uh, tactics and come up with this massive fraudulent campaign where they claimed it wasn't happening. Uh, meanwhile, they were showing up their own infrastructure, and so now we have to pay for it. The amount of emissions that have uh, erupted since then are gone to the atmosphere. By these companies, it's astronomical. And cities like Imperial Beach and our working-class residents uh-huh. have to pay the brunt of the cost. And so those companies need to pay us for the damage they're causing.
2: Well, will they end up similarly uh, owing pretty much every coastal town if your suit is, su- is, is successful?
4: Well, as far as I'm concerned, every coastal town needs to start suing, and every city is suffering from climate change, basically every city in the world needs to start suing these companies and holding them accountable. Otherwise, they're not going to change tactics. They're going to continue denying uh, what they do and continue to burn fossil fuels and destroy our climate. And meanwhile, they're making huge profits off of all of us and our you know, planet's in serious trouble.
2: Now, to be honest, uh, Mr. Mayor, uh, having read The uh, Guardian's excellent recent profile of, of your struggle there, I'm still sort of unclear about what ExxonMobil is and, and the, uh, the other companies you're suing, what it is that they're accusing you of. What, what sort of, of, quote, collusion are they claiming is at work here with other cities and towns around California? And, and frankly, why would working with those towns, even if you did it, and I don't know if you did or didn't, but why would that be inappropriate or unlawful? I'm having trouble uh, figuring out what they were even accusing you of.
4: Yeah, it's not clear. I think that, you know, I think they're throwing lots of things at the wall to see if they stick. You know, I was asked, you know, as part of a sort of like, I guess, discovery to release all the records from my phone and computer. Just to make it clear, they didn't take my computer or my phone, but, you know, they asked to see all the records. We have these keyword searches. Apparently, I was involved in what was called the Santa Cruz conspiracy. God knows what that is. And it was, I think, sort of the story for me is that the only thing that popped up was, Photos and videos of my kids surfing Steamer Lane in Santa Cruz because every year we take an annual trip to go to see my brother in San Francisco and stop and surf the coast, so Of course, they want to surf Steamer Lane, so it was kind of ironic that you know this conspiracy exists. And well, the only thing I had in contact with, with in common with Santa Cruz was you know that I like to surf their good waves there. So I just shows how crazy this whole, this whole issue is. How they have you know they're grasping at straws, and you know they want to take me on and spend millions of dollars on lawyer fees to take on a city that has nothing, literally nothing, we have nothing to give, If we've given it all already, and we're trying to just have a decent life for our residents, mm-hmm. little as well, then they're welcome to do it, but God, what a waste of money and time.
2: Yeah, no kidding, and 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 to what end? Now apparently they're they're claiming that uh, when you filed when you guys when Imperial Beach filed its suit in July 2017, there was uh, two other uh, California counties, Marin and San Mateo, apparently sued as well, and then six months later, the county and city of Santa Cruz followed with their own lawsuit, why you in Imperial Beach would somehow be uh, responsible for that. And frankly, I don't even understand on what basis they were allowed to even make a document request. Did you fight that or did you say, sure, you want, to, want me to do a keyword search on my phone for Santa Cruz? Here you go. Here's some videos of my uh, my kids surfing.
4: Yeah, no, that was it. You know, the reality, if these discoveries are, are made, requests are made, you
2: can't, you know, you, by,
4: I, I think under California law you have to, you have to fight that. Those records, so you know, I, I do that routinely, but it, it seemed pretty ridiculous. And yeah, it was, I, my idea was, whether or not they really seen him or not, I I provided information to our city attorney and our city clerk who got the record request, and it was like, sure, dude, you're, you're locked in a room somewhere at Exxon. Enjoy watching my kids surf at Steamer Lane. The surf so, was so firing, right? Like, so you know, for me, it was like divine justice, ocean justice, right? Like, <laughs> you're sitting here in your five thousand dollar suit, having to watch photos of my kids surfing, but. We're still going to hold them accountable. We're not, we're not going to be intimidated. They can't do anything to us that our, the ocean hasn't already done. And that's mm. the that's key thing. The ocean is taking right now uh, because there's nothing like seeing giant waves on the horizon rolling over your beachfront and going into your streets and flooding our Seacoast our, our, our tribe and people's houses. Uh, when, as a result of sea level rise, it's pretty sobering to see that and knowing it's going to get worse.
2: I guess it is, and that was one of the things I wanted to ask you because uh, you know U.S. Virgin Islands ended up backing down from this pressure. Sounds like you have no intention of backing down, uh, if only because, and, and I, I, well, because you have nothing left to lose at this point.
4: Yeah, you have to understand that Imperial Beach is buffeted by whether it's coastal flooding, and you know at the same time we're being just absolutely assaulted by sewage from Mexico. That's another lawsuit. We've sued the United States government um over that as well and we're winning on that. Um and so we we everything from us has been taken. Um and as a result our, our tax base is super low. That's why we couldn't provide things like other cities take for granted, like a parks and rec department for my low income kids. I was one of those kids, right? And so mm. you go up in our city, you have nothing, you learn to be a scrappy fighter. And stand up for what you believe in and what you what our city needs. And that's why I'm mayor, that's why I was elected mayor and we'll keep finding these companies, because yeah, they, they took on their
2: wrong back. What's the status of that lawsuit now, Mr. Mayor? I know that uh, in a number of cases, courts have determined that, you know, various plaintiffs in these climate uh, fraud suits have no standing to sue. Have you already gotten past that phase? And if so, do you get to get to the discovery uh, phase and look at the uh, ExxonMobil CEO's son and his surfing videos? <laughs>
4: well, right now, unfortunately... Um a law court in Texas overturned their request to have us go to Texas, but it's being reviewed by the Texas Supreme Court. God knows what's going to happen now. I could be flying to Texas if they decide to approve that. Uh, and, and then our, our state court lawsuit is back in District 9, of uh, the Ninth Circuit uh, of Court It's being appealed by these oil companies. Generally, the trajectory of, you know, across the United States is that federal judges are requesting, I mean, denying or rejecting the oil companies sort of request to have these Uh, held up in federal court. So, you know, we're on the right path. It's
2: going to be challenging to
4: to get to where we need to go to. So our turn comes, but we will hold them accountable and justice will prevail.
2: I hope you are right, sir, and I hope you'll stay in touch as the case moves forward, because I'd love to continue covering. Very quickly, I know i got to get you out of here uh, in about a minute or so here, but uh, are, are there—I'm sure you're following closely uh, the the Democrats, a couple of Democrats in the Senate who are holding up President Biden's Build Back Better initiative. Uh, it includes m- many things, uh, including the, first, the nation's first real action on climate change. Are there elements of that legislation, as you see it, that are critical to small towns like yours? In Imperial Beach,
4: yeah. Look, I, I think regardless of whether it's the infrastructure bill or the climate provisions, there's going to be a significant amount of funding for for funding for adaptation measures. That's the key thing, you know. We need support to be able to move our infrastructure inland to to help uh, work to defend our schools and, and our public works yard to do all the things that really cities manage. Right? Are the infrastructure that makes cities work. It's going to cost literally billions and billions of dollars. And wealthy cities like Malibu can do these sort of geologic hazard zones and self fund, right, with their wealthy coastal uh, homeowners to pay for that. Our cities, cities like you know, Long Beach, uh, National City, Chula Vista, you know, East Bay cities that are you know, lower income, we don't have the resources to do that. So it's going to cost California coastal, low income coastal cities, of which there are many, a lot of money to deal with this, and we need support from the federal government to help.
2: Hopefully, help is on the way. Uh, Mayor Serge Dedina you can uh, follow him on the Twitters. By the way, he is Serge for the number four, Serge for I B Mayor. That's Imperial Beach Mayor. Serge for I B Mayor, and uh, his organization, which we didn't have time to talk to, maybe uh, talk about, maybe we will next time. Is wildcoast.org. Wildcoast Mayor Dedina, really appreciate your time today. Good luck with the lawsuit, and please stay in touch. Great. Thank you so much. You bet. Thank you. Oh, man. Uh, Desi Doyen, that sounds like a guy who is not backing down, who has no interest in backing down, as we have seen in in uh, some cases around the country when these lawsuits are filed and when the big oil companies push back.
0: Well, frankly, I cannot blame him for not backing down because the sea is is coming, regardless yes. of uh, what Exxon or any of the other oil companies say. And he's absolutely right that they simply do not have the resources. And this is going to be an issue for everyone. Every coastal city know. around the entire country. It's, it's a lot of money, and ExxonMobil and the oil companies that are responsible for causing these problems need to pay up to solve the problems that they've caused.
2: As he said, in my opinion. Yeah, no. And as he said, every city should start suing. Uh, I think they should. I think they might. But when it comes to him down there in Imperial City, you know, it was a little hard to hear on his phone. So I hope people could get the gist of it. um, But uh, he's. He's not backing down, and he wants everyone to join him. The idea that there's some sort of collusion going on with Santa Cruz.
0: Well, yeah, that's that's the oil companies just, like he said, grasping at straws, trying to find something, anything to deflect from the fact that they misled the public for decades and paid millions of dollars to climate denial groups to pretend like climate change was a hoax or that the science wasn't settled or that this is not happening when it is, and it's very, very... Expensive.
2: Ironically, he's a surfer dude. You would think the mayor would be delighted about rising sea levels, these huge waves coming in.
0: <laughs> Clearly, you are not a yeah. surfer. <laughs> uh, yeah,
2: well, maybe, I don't know. Uh, all right, well, let's, I tell you what, let's take a break. Uh, if you got any thoughts on this um, or really any of the news of the day, I'll try to get to some of it that you, you'd like to sound off on. Um, I'll try to get to your calls here. I am at 818 985 5735. Um, I want to talk about where we are on the Build Back Better bill that, you know, guys like Mayor Dedina there, as you heard, is waiting, is frankly, there are municipalities, jurisdictions around the country that are desperate for this bill to get passed. Both the Build Back Better bill and the smaller infrastructure, the bipartisan infrastructure bill uh, that need to get passed, all of which is now being held up thanks to the demands of one Actually, two senators, Senator Joe Manchin and the coal baron. Uh, and let's be frank, that's what he is the coal baron from West Virginia. And of course, Kirsten Cinema from Arizona. And nobody knows what the hell uh, she's thinking. So if you have any thoughts on uh, what the mayor had to say on the Build Back Better bill, feel free to give us a call. 818 985 5735. 818 985 KPFK. I'm Brad Friedman, and you are listening to the Bradcast. <laughs> Hey, this is Brad. You're listening to an encore presentation of the Bradcast.
0: Don't know why there's no
5: sun up in the sky. Stormy weather.
2: Yeah. Since my we are having some stormy weather here on the West Coast today. Welcome back to the Bradcast. Brad Friedman from Bradblog.com. Hey, before I forget, and I want to get to some of your calls at 818 985 5-7-3-5. That's 818-985-KPFK. Uh, before I forget, uh, our friend, longtime election integrity advocate and documentary filmmaker, Lulu Freistad, founder of SmartElections.us. She has recently begun a virtual film series featuring a bunch of great election integrity documentaries. It kicked off last week, and now it's continuing this week. I think I was in the film last week. It had a small part. I think it was Hacking Democracy was last week. But this week, Tuesday, October 26th, there'll be a free showing of the 2006 documentary Murder, Spies and Voting Lies. The award winning and frankly chilling, so it is perfect for Halloween week. Uh, the story of Florida software programmer Clint Curtis, whose story I broke at bradblog.com way back in 2004, I think it was, and then continued telling for the next 10 or 15 years. Uh, this after he shook up DC right after the 2004 election, but before it was certified. For George W. Bush, when he filed a sworn affidavit claiming that then Florida U.S. Congressman and very close friend of the Bushes from Florida, Tom Feeney, Congressman Tom Feeney, he claimed, had asked him to create vote-flipping software for touchscreen voting systems. It's an incredible story. If you haven't seen the documentary, Uh, we originally broke exclusively at Bradblog.com. And it includes, as the title of uh, Patty Sheriff's documentary film suggests, it includes murder. It includes spies. And, yes, of course, voting lies. It also includes me. Telling this story, uh, but it's good anyway. So I hope you watch it interviewing key players like Clint Curtis, the legendary Harry Hursty, uh, and others. If you haven't seen it, or even if you have, but it's been a while, I hope please stop by smartelections.us to sign up for the virtual showing. It's free, uh, though I think uh, it's it maybe a fundraiser for Smart Elections. So if you can help them out, that's great. But otherwise, it's a free uh, screening. I will be stopping by afterwards. For a Q&A, in case there's uh, any questions that you may have after this remarkable film, or if you just like, you know, showing up to hold me accountable for something or another for a change, I'm fine with that, too. I would love to see you there. So Tuesday, October 26th uh, at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time, Tuesday, October 26th. You can sign up at smartelections.us, and I hope to uh, to see you there. Uh, Okay, I know that there are a number of uh, similar lawsuits against the fossil fuel companies uh, that uh, akin to the one that uh, Mayor Serge Dadina has filed. Um, As I noted, some of them have been blocked by the courts. Uh, does have any of them yet succeeded to your knowledge or are they all in the litigation phase?
0: Uh, as far as I know, none of the United States based lawsuits are have succeeded there. They're still in process mm-hmm. and in the appeals process. However, Overseas in uh, countries like I think it's Denmark where they and, and Norway where there have been youth-oriented climate lawsuits that the high courts in mm-hmm. those countries have then said to those those nations those governments, um, yeah, the kids are right. You're not doing enough. You're not going fast enough. You must do this now. So it is happening in other countries, just not in ours.
2: Not in ours yet. But working on it. Uh, And also, uh, speaking of things we are working on here, trying to move forward, President Biden said on Monday that he felt, quote, very positive about reaching agreement on his domestic, his big domestic policy bill aiming for votes in Congress as soon as this week. Of course, that's what Democrats said last week that they hoped for. So, you know, at the moment, everything is far from certain. But Biden said, quote, that's my hope for a vote this week, uh, he said that before leaving his home state of Delaware to go down to New Jersey to highlight the child care proposals that are in the Build Back Better Act, uh, his uh, is uh, in the in the, the Build Back Better Act and in the infrastructure measure, the bipartisan infrastructure measure that will hopefully all be voted on together. Pivotal Democratic Senator Joe Manchin, according to AP today, appears to be on board with White House proposals for new taxes on billionaires and certain corporations to help pay for Biden's now, sadly, scaled back social services and climate change package. Biden huddled with the obstructionist senator and, in my opinion, the corrupt senator from West Virginia Democratic Senator uh, uh, Joe Manchin and Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer at the president's Delaware home over the weekend as they work on resolving the disputes between what AP describes as centrists and progressives that have stalled the Democrats' wide ranging bill. But it is not actually a dispute between centrists and progressives, as AP and many others have been reporting it for weeks. It's a dispute between two senators. Manchin and Cinema, and the entirety of the Democratic caucus in both houses of Congress, as well as the White House itself. A person who requested anonymity to discuss Manchin's position told the AP that the senator is agreeable to the White House's new approach on the tax proposals. That became necessary because Senator Cinema, who used to call for increased taxes on the wealthy and who voted against the Trump GOP tax cuts, to the wealthy and the corporations back in 2017. She used to be against it. Uh, and, and those tax cuts in 2017 cost the U.S. about $2 trillion. Well, Kirsten Cinema suddenly decided that she was against, for some reason, restoring just some of those cuts. That were enjoyed by those companies who were making more than $5 million a year and individuals making more than $400,000 per year. Those were the folks who were going to pay for this bill. But cinema, for some reason, is against it. Why? Mm, Nobody really knows. There's a lot of speculation. Maybe, you know, 818-985-5735 is our phone number. But now Democrats are looking at taxing billionaires to pay for these programs, which frankly will already pay for themselves in many different ways, particularly when it comes to the climate change provisions, the biggest of which comprising some 30 percent of the hoped for emissions cuts that were to come with it in order to meet Biden's goal of a 50 percent reduction in emissions by 2030 and a 100 percent net zero emissions by 2050. Well, that big provision, the Clean Electricity Performance Plan, was cut at the demand of one single senator. That would be Joe Manchin. Moreover, what had been a sweeping $3.5 trillion plan is now being eyed as a $1.75 trillion plan. That's within a a, a range that AP notes could still climb considerably. We'll see. But that's according to a second person who requested anonymity to discuss the private talks over the weekend between the president and Senator Manchin and Senator Schumer. So it's good news that it could be higher than $1.75 trillion. Because the original plan included a ton of stuff that was almost all wildly popular. Yes, even in Joe Manchin's West Virginia, it was popular across voters of, of all per lit- political persuasions. And since so much of the reporting is focused on the larger price tag issue instead of what's actually in the bill, this might be a good time to uh, run that uh, medi Hassan. Do we have that that 60-second explainer again? Uh, as a friendly reminder of what the hell this is all really about, this is just some of the stuff that was and hopefully still will be included, but was in the $3.5 trillion proposal.
1: All we hear on the news is 3.5, 3.5, $3.5 trillion. Not that Joe Biden's Build Back Better budget reconciliation bill is money spent over 10 years, nor do we hear much about what's in the $3.5 trillion bill. We in the media have done a bad job of actually telling people what that money pays for. So let me have a try. Give me 60 seconds. Start the clock. The Build Back Better budget reconciliation bill has an extended child tax credit to cut child poverty by nearly half. Universal pre-K for three and four-year-olds. Free school meals for an extra nine million kids. New money to repair rundown schools. Two free years of community college. Twelve weeks of paid family and medical leave for the first time in American history. New powers for Medicare to negotiate drug prices which will bring down the cost of your prescriptions, which is a good thing given we often spend more than twice as much as people in other countries. Expanding Medicare to cover dental, vision and hearing aids. Helping millions of seniors. Lowering the Medicare eligibility age from 65 to 60. Again, helping millions of seniors. Expanding home care and paying higher wages for home care workers, again, helping millions of seniors, closing the Medicaid gap for low-income Americans and getting health care to 4 million uninsured people, new money for housing choice vouchers to tackle homelessness, new justice department grants for nonprofits profits that work on reducing community violence and, of course, action on climate change, including a clean electricity performance program which could create nearly 8 million new jobs and financial incentives to buy electric vehicles to build charging stations for them and for homeowners to weather-fit their homes, plus new forestry programs, flood control programs. So stop focusing on 3.5 trillion and focus on the popular, necessary and good stuff that is being invested in over, yeah,
2: 10 years. Yeah. Thank you, Mehdi Hassan. Uh, that ain't easy. but uh, And there was more that he did not include. That said, the Clean Electricity Performance Program, thanks to Joe Manchin, is being pulled. That would have paid utility companies to move quickly from fossil fuel energy production to clean, renewable energy production and penalize those utility companies, which did not. That is, as I said, a blow to Biden's, uh, to Biden's climate change agenda, but one that in theory can be made up in other ways, that according to UC Santa Barbara's Leah Stokes who we interviewed last week, she's a climate expert she said it can be made up But none of it is going to be easy. Desi Doyon, what is still in, is there enough still in the plan when it comes to climate change that Joe Manchin has not yet killed (laughs) that can get us to the 50% reduction by 2030 and the 100% net zero by
0: 2050? Well, to be clear, it is a very difficult path forward without the CEPP, the Clean Electricity Performance Program, that was uh, killed on Mm -hmm. Joe Manchin's behalf. That would have gotten the United States about uh, 50% of the way to that 50% 50% cut. Um, but there is a way forward. The Rhodium Group put out a report last week. We reported it on our Green News Report, our last episode, latest episode. And the Rhodium Group said it is possible, there is a path to do it, but it's really hard. It would mean that the federal government has to use every single lever at its disposal, from federal agencies' regulations, through uh, executive actions by President Biden, um, and other regulatory actions that could be taken, also via states' States have to also uh, implement all 50 states, which will be difficult, especially for fossil fuel-producing states, must also wield all of the regulatory tools at their discretion, and that the public and corporations will also have to work extremely hard in order to make these cuts as much as possible. So... The latest version of the Build Back Better Act, these are the things that are still in it, according to Evergreen Action. Uh, Clean electricity tax credits, clean energy tax credits for clean electricity, clean transportation, clean manufacturing and industry, and clean buildings. So those tax credits, if they're extended for the full 10 years at the full value, will give enough regulatory certainty for those industries in order to make these major cuts.
2: If they stay in the bill. Right. If uh, Joe Manchin doesn't kill them before then, 818 985 5735 is our phone lo- phone number. Let me hit a, a quick call here and then we'll come back and take some more of your calls. Uh, Matt in Santa Maria. Hey, Matt, welcome to the broadcast, sir.
3: Hello, thank you. Yeah, I have a quick question. Yeah. Are there not enough votes amongst the Democrats for a vote of no confidence for this uh, crazy dude?
2: Uh, a vote of no confidence against Joe Manchin? Yes. Well,
3: or, censure, or
2: well, you know, you can you can't right. censure well, I mean you can, you can censure anybody for anything you want, but you know, this is uh, right. uh, uh th- listen, this is what uh he is pretending that his constituents want. In fact, his constituents want the Build Back Better Bill and everything that's in it to be frank. Uh Mansion is protecting himself. His family, his family is in the coal business. Uh, He is not looking out for West Virginia. Uh, He's looking out for himself. That said, if you vote against Joe Manchin, sure, you can put up a vote for anything, but I'm pretty sure the last thing the Democrats want to do is tick off Joe Manchin to the point where he decides, you know what, I'm not going to be a Democrat anymore. I'm leaving the party. I'm no longer going to uh, caucus with the Democrats. I'm giving control of the Senate back to Mitch McConnell and the Republicans. And then it's all over, Matt.
3: Yeah, I understand. I mean, I guess he's already not a Democrat, but uh, he's a dino.
2: Well, um, you know what? He is He is a Democrat, and actually, I think Democrats ought to consider themselves pretty lucky, the fact that they have anyone who is even open to any of these things in a state like West Virginia, which Donald Trump won by almost 40 points. Uh, you know, I think Joe Manchin is an obstructionist, and I yeah. think he's corrupt. That said, mm-hmm. Democrats are in this mess. Uh, because there are not more Democrats in the Senate because people stayed home or they didn't vote for the Democrats for whatever reason. Democrats didn't give them enough to vote for. Maybe. I don't know. But that's where we are, Matt. Thanks for that call. I appreciate it, my friend. Okay. And I, I hear you. I'd, I'd like to push back as well. alright eight nine eight five 818-985-KPFK. But it's not easy this. I told you this is going to be a minefield for them to walk through. 818-985-5735. Give us a call on this or anything else. We'll take a quick break and we will come back with more of your calls right after this. I'm Brad Friedman and this is the Bradcast. (laughs) Hey, this is Brad. Please consider supporting whichever progressive media outlet is serving you. Most, just like us, do not receive corporate or political support. We all need your support to keep up the resistance, now more than ever. From Desi Doyan and myself, thank you.
0: You're listening to an encore presentation of The Bradcast. We'll be back soon.
2: Welcome back. It's the Bradcast. Brad Friedman from bradblog.com taking your calls at 818-985-KPFK. Please press number one to get on the air. Otherwise, we are in the middle of fun drive here. So you call that same number and hit number two to uh, donate to uh, KPFK and help us stay on your public airwaves here on the Bradcast. 818-985-KPFK. Five seven three five. Let me go to Valerie in. Where are you here, Valerie in Sherman Oaks? Hey Val, welcome to the broadcast. I called you Val. I shouldn't call. Your name is Valerie. Oh, no, right? I like
5: that. That's, okay, that's better actually.
2: Oh good. Um, Hi Val.
5: So <laughs> if if they if they got rid of the filibuster, we wouldn't have to cram everything into one bill. Yep. And I just basically think Democrats are full of of, of crap. Basically, like uh, like seems like uh, Cinema and and Mansion are shills. I mean. All of it, it's all BS. Like, uh, if you know, this thing about like, if the, what about when the Republicans come back to power? Uh, you know, they're going to turn on us. But when? What a short memory Democrats have. Because I mean, look at when have Republicans kept promises? When was the last time they kept promises? Look at the Supreme Court pack. You know the. Mm-hmm. You know all of it's it's just so ridiculous. It's, it's it's a lie. It's it's they're they're this fake. You know, you know, and and no fire under anybody's ass. Like as far as. You know, there, like to them, it's just like you know. I don't know. It's just really frustrating. It, it seems like all BS. Like they're not they're, they're If it wasn't Mansion and Cinema, it'd be somebody else.
2: You mm. know? It's a convenient
5: well, convenient lie for them to not do anything again. Once again.
2: I have, uh, Val, I have no reason to believe that they are lying about wanting to get this passed. Uh, it, it and, you know, and I, so I agree with you in part and I disagree with you in part to say that the Democrats are, uh, you know, are lying or that the Democrats don't want this to happen. This is Joe Manchin. And this is Kirsten Cinema. Period. That's two out of uh, fifty in the uh, in in the Senate Democratic Caucus, and hundreds in the House. What gives you the impression that they are lying uh, about their support for this?
5: Because they, they they try no tactics. Like like for example, ask Cinema how much, basically find out how much he's being paid, and like triple it. You know what I mean? Like I mean, just invent some tactics. You know? I don't
2: know. Well, it, it just. Uh, You know, again, but again, when you have when you have a 50 50 Senate, if you lose any single one vote, whether it's Joe Manchin's or Kirsten Sinema's or anyone else, you lose the entire Biden agenda, the entire Democratic agenda, the entire progressive agenda just simply goes away. As soon as Mitch McConnell says, I'm in charge. What?
5: Yep, but because we have a filibuster, everything's crammed yeah. into one bill for no reason. Yeah. And they won't get rid of the filibuster, which makes no who? sense at who all. Who won't?
2: Who won't, Val? About
5: them? Val? Well, I mean, they're, they're supposed to be talking about whether it's constitutional or not. Recently, no, no,
2: no. Right? But no, 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 no. Who's, who won't get rid of the filibuster, Val? Democrats. No. <laughs> jo- Joe Manchin and Kirsten Cinema. They're the ones who are against it. they were the a- only
5: two. Well, there were was... other other Democrats that didn't want to get rid of this because the, they're all afraid that, you know, when the Republicans yeah. get power again, you know, yeah, uh, was, like, b- such a lie.
2: Well. For example, uh, Angus King, again, uh, from Maine, who uh, is sort of a, a middle-of-the-road—well, he's he's an independent, but, uh, you know, he's sort of a conservative Democrat. He was one of those folks who was against getting rid of the filibuster. And he said last week, no, you know what? There is no Senate rule that is more important than protecting democracy. So where I was concerned about it, where I had good reason to be concerned—and there is good reason to be concerned about getting uh, rid of it, uh, you know, given what Republicans can do. But—
5: are full out, just like there's the gauntlet has been thrown.
2: I agree, they're, yeah. They're,
5: they're not gonna, I mean, what are, unless you unless they go like full blast trying to do everything yep. that they could possibly do, they're not gonna be reelected anyway.
2: I know. no, they're, I they're, hear so, you,
5: nothing's gonna pass anyway. I so
2: hear so you, stupid. I yeah. hear you, but focus <laughs> your rage as I must do, focus your rage on those people who deserve it, which in this case. Is Joe Manchin and Kirsten Cinema? Everyone else is on board, including, as far as I know, for getting rid of the filibuster. So we will see what happens. If, 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 if they're yeah.
5: greedy, buy them out. If they're greedy, buy them out.
2: We well. I, i'm not Bunch sure people
5: how, buy Joe Manchin, i
2: don't know yeah i'm not sure how you do that but val i hear your frustration and okay. i hear it from a lot of people yes. but focus it on the people who deserve your ire hey <laughs> okay okay thanks for Thank the you. call valerie i appreciate it uh do we have time for of course we do we have time for our uh i think our last call of the day uh oh mo morris in long beach hey morris how are you brother Brad, I'm, I'm doing
3: great. And, and Val, Val, the police looking for you, Val. You stole all of my thunder, and I'm following the report. She's correct. That filibuster has got to go. Yep. Joe Biden's latency centers around that filibuster. If it's, if it's hanging around, he's not going to have a good administration to be like Carter in an Alburga. But if he gets rid of that filibuster, if he can do his Build Better Back plan, uh, we're not only going to go against history because the House is going to remain Democrat. The Senate going to go Democrat because they're going to have something to hang their hat on. The only thing the Republicans give you is negativity. And so, looks looks for you. She's right. The filibuster got to go.
2: That's it does got to go, Mo. But who do you blame? Do you blame the Democrats or do you blame, as, in my opinion, the two people who are screwing this up, both on the Build Back Better and on the filibuster? Which which is Joe Manchin and Kirsten Cinema?
3: I blame Citizens United. That's what I blame, because all of them on the payroll. Some are more than others, but that's what I blame, Citizens United. You haven't had a politician in years call you up and ask them to vote for you, or vote for them, have you? But they have no problem calling donors most of the time of the day. They're spending uh, most of the time on the phone asking for some money. Citizens United, you know, radically changed our government and how it works. I know we can name politicians as the face of it, but you got to look at what's been institutionalized. And what institutionalized it? Uh, citizens united everything's for sale bad except you and me and and kpfk but everything else is for sale
2: <laughs> very smart answer mo thank you my friend always good to hear from your brother uh, we got to get out of here i think don't we yeah we do uh my thanks to our producer Desi Doyen, to my board operator federico garcia to my guest today imperial beach mayor uh imperial beach california mayor serge Dedina, and of course to all of you for spending a portion of your day or night with us if you missed any portion of today's Bradcast or any other throughout the hands of time you can download them for free at bradblog.com you can also drop me an email I'm bradcast at bradblog.com on the Facebooks and the Twitters I am the TheBradBlog I will see you there until we see you here hopefully tomorrow I'm Brad Friedman good luck world